0: I'm Russ. And I'm Danny. And this is the Memory Makers Podcast. The show that helps you create amazing customer experiences and make more memories. Hey buddy. What's up dude? (laughs) Before we get into the topic for the day, I I have a quick story I wanna share and a little, uh, little heads up for anyone who's watching on video. So we have a dog. His name is Macklin, yes, named after Burt Macklin, FBI, from Parks and Rec, (laughs) for any Parks and Rec fans out there. And he does this thing that he loves to do when the, the office door behind me is closed, and he will ram it open with his head and then come in and lay down, and he likes to do it when I'm on a video call. And recently he had to get a little procedure done. So he's wearing the cone of shame right now. And he's even more needy than usual. And so there's a a good chance that he may barge through that door behind me at some point during this episode. So for anyone who is watching on video, you know, don't be alarmed. That's just normal.
1: We get to see big old Macklin come in the door with his cone on his head.
0: Yes, exactly.
1: (laughs) I don't know what it is about when you close that door. It is, I, I don't know if there's like a dog whistle frequency that goes off but it also activates some sort of magnetic force for kids too because as soon as that door closes like rinker is all about being in the office and doing work and pressing keys on the keyboard and and the dogs definitely wanted to yeah it's it's something about that that door clicking that just oh i
0: gotta be with dad right now (laughs) it's an emergency let's go that's right that's right It's threat level midnight for the a hundred percent throwing out. Apparently a lot of references oh, today. Some, I don't know.
1: Some good classics though. Can't be mad at it.
0: So now that we've got that out of the way, let's get into the real topic for the day, which is not dogs and uh, show.
1: You don't want to talk just old comedy sitcoms. We
0: don't want to do that. We could, but I have a feeling that our viewers and listeners may not be as, in, as excited about that conversation as we are.
1: We'll save it for live shows when we start going on tour. Well, you know, we got big plans for this show.
0: Yes. <laughs> Mike, who's behind the scenes and helping us with all this, Mike, get ready to go on the road. It's going to happen. Yeah. We're going to take this show on the road.
1: Okay. He's, we got two thumbs up, so we're good.
0: <laughs> awesome. All right. So now, really, the real topic, here goes. The topic today... Is that as a location based entertainment venue, family entertainment center, whatever you might be, and whatever you call yourself, you provide more than just a part time job for your staff. Mm-hmm. Right. And so uh, when we talk to operators and owners, a lot of times they think, okay, well, I've got employees that are in high school, I've got employees that are in college, they work part time. Maybe some do work full time they're just here through high school and college. There's a high turnover rate. They're going to move on. And this job is not really going to matter in the long run. And on the surface that that makes sense because our industry is built for turnover because a lot of the employees that you have are going to be basically that 16 to 22 years old, high school and college, maybe some of them, it's their first job ever. And then they'll go graduate from college, go to the real world, as we like to say, (laughs) and kind of move on from there on the surface. It makes sense. That that's a perspective that you might have, but here's a little bit of a spoiler alert: it's not true. What, Russ? So I'm going to let it go to you <laughs> to kind of talk about and give some context to what I mean by this.
1: Well, I. I obviously we're we're a prime example and we see the power of what those frontline you know fec jobs can do for young kids because you and i have known each other for 20 plus years at this point and um, we actually came up working at the same facility we have a number of the team members that are at creative works um nick who's on our sales team kevin lonzo who has his own law firm but still is our um you know legal side of things here we kevin lockery who we worked with is is in the industry doing pr work for it josh bennett who used to work here at creative works and then went on and and founded his own financial firm that that community and that network that we had when we were 15 and 16 years old starting out at that center going through the front lines of dealing with party moms and all of that stuff was so great that we were able to, you know, I went out to the real world, was doing Fortune 500 IT consulting and and was not having a great time of it. And so coming back into the world where, you know, people will go and do new seasons of things typically in our industry. But if you're setting the foundation um, with a right culture and, and really empowering your staff members what can come back around to you even if you're an operator is so substantial I mean I think of folks like um, Craig Buster where you know you look at their leadership team and they've been there the tenure that they have there is uh, are decades long right it's it's anywhere from 18 to 27 years you know is the typical bell curve range that they have so while we need to recognize the reality of the situation that yes there's high turnover and that it's easy for us to feel like it's just transactional because it's hard to get the right people or hard to get people in general. But I think that that really diving in and empowering your staff comes down to the ultimate hit rate where those things come back around and those are going to be people that you have in your network whether they're working for you directly or they're going to be in your sphere is so impactful and and i would just we so much of our secret sauce comes from the fact that we've forged tight-knit connections we have operational experience but even for peter and peg murphy who ran laser flash you know we still work with them and help them in a professional capacity to this day um and, and so that's the part that's fun for me is that making sure that we're open to the idea and to the concept of, while they may have a short initial piece with us or an initial run, one we have the responsibility of helping to forge what the next you know generation of workers are going to be because we're setting a good culture example you know for 16 to 20 year olds typically we can set what it feels like to be a part of a team and work towards goals we can help them be better when they enter the workforce you know even if they don't end up sticking into the industry but especially for the ones that you you know that have been in this industry so many people once they're in they're hooked because of what we do matters but it also comes from they've they've stayed in this industry because the teams that they were a part of were really sticky and and had that woven into the fabric of who they are.
0: And I'd like to add to that, we have a scenario where so many of us that work together continue working together today. Mm-hmm. For those of you watching or listening, we're not going to promise that's going to happen. Sure, but sure. The key term here for me is ripple effects. You don't know in the moment the ripple effects that the foundational knowledge that you're going to give that employee and the the work ethic and the way that you're going to support, train and lead them during this time of their very formative years at the very beginning of their working career will have enormous ripple effects into the future of how they show up for future jobs or whatever industry that they do move into if they if they move out of this, you know, family entertainment industry. And I just wanted to to take a moment to talk about that. of the ripple effects.
1: I I totally agree.
0: One thing that we're going to do is now that we've kind of set that foundation, let's really dive into some practical things that operators can do in order to create that winning culture that allows it to be much more than a transactional part-time job, that this is kind of the foundation for the future and to create that strong culture. And the first one is a word that a lot of people like to throw around, but don't necessarily follow through on. And that Mm. word is autonomy. So Russ, tell me what autonomy means in this world.
1: So there's there's a quote that I like to to kick off whenever we talk about autonomy. And just because, you know, Walt Disney has so many good quotes for our industry that that scale. But this was one that says um, employees who are selected, oriented and reinforced properly and who are surrounded by peers of the same caliber will thrive given significant autonomy. Otherwise, they'll wither. So the first thing that I would say when I'm defining autonomy is it's it's empowerment right we we need to make sure it's so easy in the day to day for us to try to you know over process or have a checklist for every single thing and try and map out any contingency that can happen but we learn the black and the white by living in the gray and by being in the trenches and when a you know a situation happens with a guest or something whether making sure that the employees and team members know that they are able to You know, as long as they come at it with the right intention and they're trying to solve problems and make a better guest experience and it's in line with what our values are, we want people to feel like they can take proactive action. Uh, You know, so often it's easy to complain of, gosh, I just can't get people to do this or I can't get people to do that. Nobody, you know, no one cares or thinks about it the same way. But sometimes we've negatively reinforced how, what autonomy, when when it shows up to us, we don't necessarily give that the recognition and the praise that it is. And so autonomy for me is making sure that we have a clear amount of trust with our team to be able to solve problems and, uh, and then we can work with each other to make sure that we're, we're you know, holding a standard and, and taking the right steps that are a part of that. So a great example that I typically reference is let's say you've got an employee uh, that's trying to help a customer who's dissatisfied, right? They've had a poor experience on an attraction or, um, you know, something's gone wrong with their experience. One of the things that we found when we were both operating and talking with the clients of ours is define a range that makes sense for you. But if if there are small problems that come up that can be solved with a $20 game card or, you know, a a free pizza or something like that, um, you know, and, and you can have kind of tiers and scenarios that that stuff can go do you actually let your employees say, hey, I'm so sorry that that happened. Here's what we try to do. Here's what I'd like to do for you. Um, So that way you can keep those small things small. When you go to a restaurant and something, you know, there may be an issue with your your food and they say, oh, I have to go talk to a manager. Well, now we're adding time and tension onto something that may not serve from having that added into the recipe. And so in my mind, it's helping to define what does, what does empowerment and trust look like that we can, can, we can let folks take action on our behalf and they may not knock it out of the park every single time it's why it's important to talk around bumper lanes and, and what are you know kind of proper guidelines for some of that but even let's say you have an employee that that tries to take proactive they do something that they think helps the client and or the guest and us both you know come out okay keep a small problem small keep them as a, as a satisfied customer instead of kind of you know jumping down their throat about oh gosh i can't believe we gave all this away or we did that i think we need to look at it of let's recognize and appreciate the fact that they were trying to take care of a client because that's you know modus operandi and and the the primary goal at, in all of those functions then we do a little bit of film breakdown saying okay well, what do we think may have led to this is there anything that we can put in place that helps you know us uh, limit that being able to happen again or do we already have something in place and we just didn't execute on that or um you know what what do we need to do to to be a little bit more proactive and if we have the situation come up again how do we want to do it the same way that we did this are there better ways to do it are there other ways that we can explore so that way you're getting buy-in from the team member you're positively recognizing their intent to show up for the customer um and you're giving them a say and a voice in how we do that moving forward
0: Simply put, yeah, it's give them the autonomy to solve problems and provide coaching as needed afterwards. That's yeah. it. That's really yeah. what it comes down to. And it's so. easier said than done, but when you can put that into practice and your your team members learn that you're going to trust them in those scenarios, they're more likely to to take it under their own wings to solve those problems in the moment, keep a small problem small. Big time. So the next thing that I like to talk about is active listening. Because Most people aren't actually listening. They're just waiting for their turn to talk. And I'm gonna go ahead and raise both my hands. I've been guilty of this and everyone listening or watching should be raising their hands because we're all guilty of it, right? We we think we have the best ideas. We think we have the solutions. We wanna get to the point faster, right? And so we're just waiting for the, the break to happen so we can jump in, solve the problem and move on. But what happens is if we approach our employees, even if they're the 16 or 17 year old kid, it's important to listen to their perspectives. Because yes, you're the owner or you're the manager and and you've been in this industry a while. At the same time, they may be young, but they're also the ones on the front line going through these guest and customer interactions every single day. They're seeing the processes and what works and what doesn't. And it's important to allow space to listen to those employees and allow them to give us feedback or ideas or things that we could change. and. Sure, their hit rate on what you actually wanna implement might be low because they don't necessarily have all the context or perspective that you do as an owner or a manager, but they may have some really good golden nuggets that you go, oh, that's a really fantastic idea, let's implement that. Mm -hmm. And not only just implement it, but give them the credit and the praise for doing so. Because it doesn't matter where an idea comes from, if it's your 16 year old frontline worker or your GM or yourself as the owner, and a good idea is a good idea. Implement, provide praise and make it happen. That's kind mm-hmm. of the way I like to think about active listening.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think that being really intentional about hearing and, and also making sure that you're taking in that body language so you can see how is this impacting them. You can you can be empathetic to their situation. One thing that's I've found a, a, as I've tried to grow more and making sure that I'm getting Better and stronger in this category because it is a constant, you know, cycle plus it's important for me because I, I want people to feel like they can actually come up and make those recommendations because they're like to your point, Danny, you said they're going to have a different purview of it because they're in a, they're in a different form or of different function. And to your point of that hit rate, maybe not being as high because they don't have the either the experience or they haven't seen this come up. One of the things that I've I got switched on to and have really enjoyed is when those situations come up, really making sure that we take the time to actively listen. When that gets put forward, I typically now am really trying to to ask questions of, okay, well, what makes you think that? How would you like to see that be done a little bit differently? What what are some other things that you see that could potentially uh, be a ripple effect of that as opposed to just getting right into the, hey, that's a great idea, but here's, here's why it's not going to work is... It asking those questions helps reflect the mirror a little bit, helps them verbally process through it a little bit more potentially so that way they can explore it and learn. Um, But again, you're by asking questions that way, taking a few extra minutes to to go that path as opposed to, hey, thanks, but no, it's again telling them. That you do truly care about the input that they're bringing to the table it's helping them learn more as opposed to just getting the quick you know hey that doesn't work because the you know delivery guy can't give us things on Tuesday mornings he can only do Thursday mornings or you know insert reason here and so knowing that the hit rate is going to be lower but it's more important for us to take the time in those moments where it is a no or, or is something else to positively affirm their intent and listen and ask questions to help them actually learn you're teaching them to fish instead of just giving them a fish in that scenario.
0: And There's one uh, other piece that this flows really well into when we talk about being able to listen and provide the feedback. We as managers or as owners, whatever your position is, it's very common to do employee reviews and review uh, the performance of your employees, where they're doing well, where they have room for growth, all those different things. Makes sense, yes, keep doing that. But do you allow your employees to review you as an owner or a manager. Because if you don't, that would be something I would highly recommend implementing is allowing them to do reviews and do it anonymously because they're Mm -hmm. more likely to give real and honest feedback. And yes, when you do this process, you may have some (laughs) comments that go just way off the edge or they're a joke or they're really frustrated, really angry and it's not really helpful, but there's gonna be a lot of gold in there that is helpful because We need to be able to recognize as leaders areas where we need to grow. And the best people to be able to provide that feedback are the ones that we're leading. And it's not necessarily a comfortable exercise to do. It's not the most fun thing in the world to have someone point out the areas where you have opportunities for growth instead of <laughs> saying you have weaknesses or you suck. Um, it's not the most comfortable thing in the world, but it's necessary. Because if yeah. you want to create that culture, you've got to be able to listen.
1: Well, I think it's it, it speaks to, again, good culture comes from, leading by example and accountability and so we have you know we probably have our team review the the leadership staff more than they review than we review them um and and because again the the focus should be, you know, the daily activities of engaging with the staff and keeping a finger on the pulse and real-time proactive feedback, those things should be getting coached, uh, you know, in in the everyday, but taking a step back and having them reflect on, you know, what do you need me to do more of? What do you need me to do less of? What are struggles or friction points that you're typically seeing that we th- you think we need to be paying more attention to? You're going to get the handful of things of, oh, we, we need to be paid more money or, oh, we need more people in the kitchen or, you know, there is going to be that, but, to the point earlier where we're acknowledging and, and uh and, and being grateful for the feedback or or the autonomy that they want to exhibit we need to make sure that we're giving them platforms to actively do that. And then we need to take those things and we need to to review in the next team meeting after we get that feedback and compile it and say, okay, guys, based on everything that we got on the surveys, here are the key areas that we've we've uh, seen the most people have concern over that we want to make sure that we're addressing. So here are going to be the goals that we're going to do that tackle this problem. Here's a short-term goal. Here's a long-term goal. And this is going to be the, you know, these are the two or three areas of focus that, that we're going to have as a team and work on that because then you're showing them hey we actually do care and your your input matters and we want to show you that we're putting those things into action where we can
0: yeah, it's really good because it shows that your employees, that you're, you're taking the action to resolve the problems. It's not just putting lip service and saying, oh, yeah, these are problems. We'll kind of deal with it, I guess. Mm-hmm. You're actually putting together goals with timelines of when things are going to change, and it shows that not only are you listening, but you also care. Now, the last item that I want to hit on from the culture standpoint is something that I know speaks to your heart of hearts because you in in um, high school were in show choir and you you were a performer in many different ways. Mm-hmm. And the item that I want to talk about here is let your employees perform. What do I mean by this? Okay. We're in the fun industry, right? We Let's take a lesson from Disney. Disney employees aren't on the clock. They're on stage. They mm-hmm. don't interview, they audition. Everything is about a performance. Anytime that they're customer facing, they're always on stage and performing. And so when it comes to the, this kind of goes hand in hand with the autonomy side of things too. When you've got uh, your employees doing different things, let's say you've got a laser tag attraction and part of that you need to do a brief where you explain the rules, the safety information and how to play. There are certain parts of that you have to hit every single time because the kids need to know how to play appropriately and they need to do, make sure they're following the rules. But within that give them space to personalize the briefs and have fun with it, allow them to be able to read the audience right if it's going to be a busy Saturday with lots and lots of birthday parties, it may be a more standard brief to make sure that all the kids who are probably between the ages of 10 and 16 know how to play and follow the rules. Right. But if it's a Friday or Saturday night and you've got a group of maybe um, young adults in there, you could have fun. One of the things that we would do is uh, (laughs) for some of those evening um, events is we would um, do rap performances of the brief and we would do kind of just shows and make it fun, make it interesting. And we would add little quips and jokes to make it feel like it was ours a little bit and be on stage and perform. Well, and it also
1: had that, that positive peer pressure. Sorry to step on you. I think, I think that that positive peer pressure or that, that, Oh, okay. Danny just, you know, pulled out a mic drop in his brief. I've got to, you know, so everyone's working on their craft a little bit more because that, that, you know, again, rising to the expectation of your peers as Walt Disney was talking about in that and surrounding, surrounding yourself by, you know, peers of the same caliber. And so being, Knowing that we want them to have fun while they're in the business of fun still, right? Giving those opportunities for, for oohs and ahs and moments of surprise. You know, we had a ton of different folks on our team that were either involved in organized sports, they were in show choir, uh, you know, we, I, you'd mentioned I was in show choir, also did some drama and and all of that stuff. It was you, uh, there were people used any skills Uh, that they could to you know make a big huzzah have more fun when the pizzas are coming out again creating spectacles out of things that were coming organically from the skill sets that the team members had and it it was just a great way to give the employees a creative outlet something that could help keep things from feeling stale uh but but again fed into each other and and you get such a more compounding effect by having that across the board with your your team because everybody's you know or the majority of people will buy into it and, and the folks that don't, you know, it may just not be their thing and that's fine. And depending on what their role and what their piece is, you don't need everybody. Holy cow. If we had everyone just like me at, at one facility, it would implode, but you know, you need that balance. You want to give room for people to shine. Um, and so if you have kids that are in show choir, get crazy with how they're singing happy birthday. If you've got folks that are really musically inclined, you know, Chris Dollar that we had was an incredible guitarist and, and blues musician or a uh, bluegrass musician rather. And so, you know, we we would find ways to bring in those things and and really go beyond, but everybody was anxious to do it because it was like a talent show, you know, kind of a thing. So you get a little bit of shine.
0: If you ever want to see a party mom absolutely melt, bring together <laughs> four show choir kids who can do an a cappella quartet version of Happy Birthday and Harmony mm-hmm. to the birthday kid. And the experience that is elevated from that standpoint is is unlike anything else, and they're gonna remember that moment forever. And that is a perfect encapsulation of what this podcast is all about, Memory Makers Podcast. We want to empower you to be able to create these moments in your own business. And so let's just wrap up kind of what we talked about today. It's one, yes, you're gonna have some turnover in your staff and there's there's gonna be a lot of young employees, but remembering that this is more than a part-time job. This is the foundation of their work career the the their work ethic moving forward the culture that they want to bring forward and the ripple effects that will carry them through the rest of their working life there's a good chance or there is a chance that not only will it ripple effect each individual, but they'll stay connected through the rest of their life like I have with Russ, and Armando and Nick and Kevin and Kevin and all the other people that we mentioned in this podcast. And if you use some of the tips that we talked about today, to be able to trust your employees to give them autonomy, let them have fun and create that culture, it's going to um, elevate your customer experiences, it's going to elevate your own business, and it's going to elevate the amount of money and the profitability that you're going to be able to create. And so that, I think, is the best way to wrap this up. Russ, Preach. I would think that was one heck of an episode.
1: I mean, I don't like to toot my own horn, but I'll toot mine for you. Toot, toot.
0: <laughs> toot, toot. Oh, Awooga. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know I went with the old timey like 1920s car yeah I like that I,
1: I like that I want to get that sound custom put into my car so that way I can just have scared the bejesus out of people with the uh, that
0: would be amazing <laughs> right. uh so yeah a great episode if you've got any suggestions on topics you'd like to see in the future make sure you check us out on social media shoot us a dm we're always looking for different ways to bring in relevant topics that you want to hear about
1: yeah, please. And thank you in advance for the reviews and, um, give us those five stars. If you can, it always makes such a big difference and we'll be having these out every week. So find them wherever podcasts are found and we appreciate you guys so much. And, uh, we will catch you on the next one. Troublemakers.